I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. That's right, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again. We're back. Thank you so, so much for hanging with us through the break. But we're back talking two more episodes of the Titan Games right here on the after, uh, the Titan Games After Show on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Ty Matthews. Joining me, as always, uh, my fantastic host, Alyssa Kutmokos-Milan. Alyssa, how you doing? I'm so great. I love this season so far, and I'm so excited that we have a special guest today. That is absolutely right. We are, I cannot tell you guys how thrilled I am, not just from uh, this show, but also I formerly co-hosted the American Ninja Warrior uh, after show right here on AfterBuzz TV. So we are so thrilled to give everyone, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ms. Jesse Graff. Yay! Hi! Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. We have been, I mean, like I said, we've just been floored with this season so far, so we cannot wait to talk about it uh, with you today. Well, I'm excited too. <laughs> Absolutely. And now we are, we're covering, since we we uh, took last week off, we are covering the last two episodes. That is both the third episode and the fourth and final episode of the Western region. Uh, so with that, I want to kick things off. We talk about, you know, on the men's side, we've got Robbie Rodriguez taking on Wayne Skivington. Um, and one, one of the things that, that, I think is impossible to ignore is I feel like this is the first time we've seen blood on the show uh, when, when they faced off in lunar impact. I mean, just absolutely insane stuff. Uh, And so with that, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, Jesse, you know, uh, through the challenges that you faced on the show, whether on Mount Olympus or uh, any of the other challenges, was there any sort of fear of, of getting hurt or, or getting injured along the way? Um, not very much. I actually came into it pretty injured. Um, I was the, the day that I got called for the Titan games, I was at the doctor's office about to get stem cell injections in my neck, both shoulders and both elbows. Cause I had bulging discs, five partially torn ligaments in my right shoulder, one in my left and tendonitis with co- chronic sprains. And so I was about to take a couple months off to recover when I got that call. And so there was a huge consideration a talk with the producers to figure out what kind of physical challenges am I going to have? And are they going to put me at much greater risk? And so um, basically the things that aggravate all of my injuries the most are ninja obstacles. And because most of the obstacles are Titan are more lower body and pushing based and pulling in this range where I'm not hanging overhead, we decided that it was a reasonable risk. Um, and so as a stunt person, one of my specialties is like really evaluating the situation for where there could be dangers. And luckily it looked very reasonable to me. Um, I asked about knee pads, like anytime there's a concern, I try to make sure we take action on it to make things safer. And they were fantastic. They give us helmets. Um, they gave us the knee pads. So I felt pretty safe as far as not being worried about getting injured. Right, absolutely, and it's and the these are the types of challenges and the types of things that that seem hard enough. Just going to going into one hundred percent, it's fascinating to hear that you were dealing with so many things, kind of going into it from the onset. Yeah, it's. I mean, in a way, that's kind of the life of a stunt person. Things happen, and in a way, I think dealing with so many injuries over the years has made me more adaptable. 
Um, it forces me to think about the most efficient way to do things or how to do things. If, if your right arm isn't working, how are you going to compensate with, for that with the other limbs? And so because most of my limbs were working fairly well, I felt like I was pretty set for this one <laughs> as far as safety goes. Right, and how many, absolutely. How much, how much time did you have between the competitions? Like when somebody first competed and then they went to Mount Olympus, how much time was in between the two? Was it days, hours? So all of the preliminary rounds where you see the contestants in the different colors going against each other, those all happened in the first week before the reigning Titans who wore the black arrived. So they did like their first, I guess, I guess it's like a, you have best of three, whoever is in the lead after three goes on to face the person on Mount Olympus. And so all of those took place the first week. So they had a weekend off and then we arrived to do Mount Olympus. And that's where things were crazy for us. So we would do our first match on Mount Olympus. If we won, we'd have a few hours rest to face the next person on Mount Olympus who was fresh. And if you win that, then you have a few hours before you face the third person on Mount Olympus. And so Joe, Joe Thomas was the only one who did that, who was, who competed in all three. Um, and I can't say how he does in the last one. Um, <laughs> wait, no, that happened. That has already been on. Yes, um, yes, exactly. But yeah, so that was the really intense one. So no, um, the only one, so I think Hammer Down, which was the, the one I did in the episode yesterday. Um, mm. I forget if that was the same day or the next day when we did the tug of war challenge. But so those were pretty close together. Okay. God, that is, yeah, that's absolutely unbelievable. And we saw over the course of these episodes, we saw such incredible runs. I mean, Noah Palicia going 4-0 and on Mount Olympus. Uh, Margot Alvarez being completely undefeated in any challenge, including Mount Olympus, is absolutely incredible to see. Um, now, obviously, Jesse, you have experience with uh, Mount Midoriyama. What, mm -hmm. what did you think about, uh, about Mount Olympus going into it? I mean, I was pretty intimidated by it from the first episode I saw of season one of Ninja Warrior. Um, I, a lot of people assumed that I would be good at it because I do obstacles. And my immediate response was, I am going to be terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got invited, I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> but I, I always encourage, especially little girls, to not be afraid to take on challenges, even if they think they're going to fall on their face. And that's where you grow the most. So I was excited to give it a try. And the thing that's intimidating to me is that I've always done body weight exercises. I do some weights for injury prevention and joint stabilization. But as far as lifting heavy, um, like Kelly, the girl I went up against, she can squat more than double what I can. It's like wow. the, the ability to lift heavy weights is something that I had never really focused on and something that I know is a huge weakness for me. And so I had 10 weeks um, well, the first week I was recovering from some, the stem cell injections. Um, mm. so I had eight to nine weeks to just like, how much can you improve your strength really quickly? Um, and I improved a lot and I got better at a lot of things that I think I will continue in my training for the rest of my life. I feel a lot more stable in a lot of ways because of the heavy lifting I did, but you can only make up for so much in two months compared to someone who's been lifting for their entire life or, or years, you know? Um, so that was the big change for me. That's what was scary about it. I knew that I was going to struggle with lifting any heavy weights or pulling that boulder. 
And so I put a ton of focus on that in my training. Um, I did push sled all the time, pushing it and pulling it. Um, and as much as I did, I knew that it was just going to be really heavy for me. So I got excited when we got there. I thought I improved a lot and man, that boulder stopped me in my tracks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so surprised. It, Cause like they, they let us touch some of the obstacles the previous day as we went through the rules. And, um, and so we got to sort of test it and I think it, they added a plate to it. So when I first pulled it a couple days or the day before I pulled and it was super easy and I just ran with it. And I was like, Oh, this is great. I'm going to be so solid. And then in competition, I got there and pulled and just went nowhere, totally stopped. Um, And the funny thing is like, they, they cut a lot of that out. So Kelly got there just ahead of me. She pulled it like it was nothing. And I just was hanging off of it, like leaning 45 degrees (laughs) all of my weight and just nothing was moving. And so I like, as she's finishing, I sort of do a lap around the ball being like, is it bolted to the ground? Did I miss something? Is it still (laughs) attached? (laughs) I kept trying I pulled again I fell on my face at least five times the producers asked me to stop they were like they were like you're not out of the competition you can you can save your strength like you're not out and I was like I don't understand I'm I'm pulling a a boulder (laughs) so it took me over three minutes after she finished to get it all the way to the end but I did finish so I'm really proud of that I never gave up um exactly yeah I was really hoping to get a rematch with the boulder um but you know you you saw my tug of war battle so (laughs) right 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 uh, well, and that's the thing, you know, you you had mentioned before that the the type of strength that's needed for something like Ninja Warrior is so different uh, than than what you would need for for Mount Olympus and even for any of the other challenges. Um, it seems like one of the things that really gives people a lot of trouble is that log lift, because not, not only is it heavy, it also seems incredibly cumbersome. Yeah, and that was a technical mistake on my part. I knew going into this that with my disadvantages in like mass and strength I was going to need to be perfectly technical and I got into a rush I saw her really close behind me and so in my rush I picked it up crooked so I was adding to the friction by pushing sideways and that's what really messed me up and drained my legs that made me less able to perform later Um, which is why I really wanted a rematch on that course so that I could try (laughs) I would take one extra beat, just one extra breath to make sure it's straight and then push. And I would have been much better off. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the things that Alyssa and I have talked about over the season is that one of the, one of the main differences between this and Ninja Warrior is that mental element of being able to see your opponent right there and seeing, you know, if they're way ahead, if they're struggling on something, uh, does that kind of come into play that sort of mental aspect of, of being able to see your opponent just feed away from you? Yeah. And I honestly didn't think it would because I knew I was going to push my absolute hardest. Um, but I think it, it, uh, it hurt me a little in this case because if I hadn't seen how close she was to me, I would have been more careful and done it more correctly. Um, and I let it get to me and rushed and that's where I made a mistake. Um, (laughs) I think there's a lot of places on, on, um, 
team Ninja Warrior or Ninja versus Ninja, having someone next to you can be really exciting because there are a lot of opportunities to make big moves that will save time, but they're huge risks. So if you're ahead, you would never want to take those risks. But if you're behind, then it's like it's do or die. So you go for crazy moves. And so it encourages that kind of thing. And I like that. But in this situation, there weren't really crazy moves to make. It was just like, go as hard and as fast as you can. And <laughs> and then try to pull a boulder and collapse on your face. By <laughs> right. That boulder, really, we have seen a lot of people take some falls on that. Uh, we saw, oh my God, poor, poor Noah, like hit his head on the tomb uh, at oh. the very of pulling that boulder just oh my god we have seen some tumbles this season for sure mm -hmm. yeah well uh, it happens when you're going giving 110 percent, going as hard as you can it's easy to slip on something right exactly and i We're feel fresh. like that's that's another one of the things that this has in common with ninja warrior is that not only does each obstacle present its own challenges on its own, but like it's com you're compounding that fatigue as you go on, you know, like mm -hmm. you might be able to pull that boulder completely cold, but coming at the end of that course, it's gotta be that much harder. Yeah. I, um, I could barely walk right by the time I got to the boulder, um, mostly from the log, but, right. um, but yeah, when I was stuck trying to pull it for so long, I, after a minute of like getting to shake out my legs, when I tried to pull it again, it became so much easier. And that's why I was able to finish. But man, those jello legs. <laughs> uh, that, that's a killer for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now on, um, in, in that first episode, I thought for sure, uh, Alyssa, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I thought for sure that Wayne was going to take Mount Olympus. It seemed like he kept getting these leads, but Noah just barely pulled it out. What did you think of that? Noah's well, amazing. It's always <laughs> great to see the competition, especially because Noah, he really, really, I mean, everybody really wants it. I'm sure they do. And Considering like a Mount Olympus, Noah had done so well. And Jesse, I had talked to Tyler about this before. Um, I feel like some people, you know, when they are on Mount Olympus and they've gone through it a couple of times, it gives them an advantage because they know what to do on Mount Olympus. So Noah, mm -hmm. this he had been he had done it a couple of times by this point. So I felt that he definitely had the upper hand, but Wayne, you know, did really good, but Noah came out on top, so well, so the, the thing that I think balances that out is that in that third round, you have to remember that, yes, Noah has now had two previous attempts at Mount Olympus. He's also doing it for his third time in the day and seeing anyone who finishes that course and like, you should have seen me. I was dead for an hour. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> at least... Um, and everyone who I saw come back from there was like that. I think Noah being an extreme endurance athlete was probably better at recovering from it, but that's just an asset that he has that contributed to him doing so well. Um, yes, there's definitely a technical advantage to doing it a second time, but there's a huge disadvantage to being exhausted after having done it once or twice. That's crazy. Uh, that's... I didn't know that they had to do it a couple of times a day. I mean, pr props to him for doing it three times in one day and still finishing on top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's already impressive enough. Knowing that that is absolutely insane. 
Um, now, an- another thing that that really jumped out to me over the over these last couple of episodes is people's different kind of backgrounds and expertise coming into play. We saw Lindsay Ham uh, put on incredible performances in both episodes, but specifically in uh, last week's episode on chain link, that that climbing expertise uh, really, really seemed to kind of come into play. Uh, Jesse, I wanted to ask about, you know, obstacles that require grip strength, because obviously that's something uh, from Ninja Warrior that you have a lot of experience with. Um, you know, did did things like that really kind of work to your advantage, having that that grip strength, that climbing background? Um, for Lindsay, I think in that case, yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, my feeling was that at least in the challenges I did, it didn't feel like there was enough of an advantage or like, you know, climbing that pipe is a really short thing. Um, Mm. So I didn't think it would be that much of an advantage, but it definitely allowed me to pick up speed. Um, I think there was the, the other one, I forget what it's called, where you have to swing and punch the, the, um, like the barrels through the wall. Oh, kick out. Yeah. Kick out. Yeah. So hanging on there it looked like that would have taken a ton of grip strength I didn't I didn't do any challenges that I felt required a lot of grip strength um it was more I had a couple opportunities to use strategy to help me out to make up for my my lack of uh size and squat ability um (laughs) but but yeah I think I think, yeah, there were definitely places grip strength would have helped, but I didn't happen to be in any of those challenges. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, I know you had, you had talked before about, um, you know, how as a stunt woman, your specialty is finding the most efficient way through obstacles. And one of the biggest like aha moments to me that I thought was genius when I, when I saw you doing it was your strategy on resistance. That's sort of like, because we've seen so many people gas out. And so using your body to kind of sweep these barrels, I think thought like tell us a little bit about your approach and kind of coming into that challenge um so so kelly and i actually joked about this afterwards um am i still there yeah you're there (laughs) so we joked about this afterwards because she has a lot of size and strength on me and so we both thought she was going to drag me around on a leash we were both a hundred percent confident that she was going to slingshot me out of the arena (laughs) (laughs) And my goal was to be the most annoying sandbag that I possibly could be and slow her down as much as possible. Um, I honestly didn't think that I stood a chance of getting any barrels out or getting close enough to the wall to get a barrel out. Um, And I knew that if it were just her strength against mine, she would drag me wherever she wanted to. And so my goal was to get to one barrel fast enough that I could hook onto it and use it as an anchor. So that now she wasn't just pulling my weight, but she was pulling my weight plus a 75 pound barrel, which made up for our weight difference immediately. Interesting. I see. So once I got there and I had that barrel in my armpit, now I'm an anchor and I can stay in this plank position, preventing her from getting close to the wall. And so I figured if I could keep tension, keep her from getting there and slowly inch my way to the left, dragging as many barrels with me as possible... I could just slow her down and hopefully prevent her from getting a barrel. Um, well, you, you definitely held your own because it was, they were counting down with the clock and she barely got the barrel over in time. And if she mm-hmm. had it, you would have had to have gone on the sudden death. And that's with where I made a second. mistake. So here's, here's my mistake. Behind my barricade of barrels, I didn't, I wasn't able to see her. 
and I didn't realize that she hadn't gotten any barrels out. I heard two barrels hit the ground and each time I thought she had actually successfully thrown them out. So I thought she already had two. So when they started counting down, I was like, it's now or never, you have to do whatever it takes to throw a barrel. And so as soon as I got out of my plank position and raised my weight a little bit, she was able to yank me off my feet, which is why I hadn't stood up the whole time. Now, she was exhausting herself running against me the whole time, trying to yank me off my feet. So if I had hung out in my little camp, I actually found a crack in the cement where I sunk my fingers in and would have been able to hang out very comfortably for quite a few minutes with no problem. And so as she was trying different techniques to yank me out of my position, I, every time she put slack, I was able to pull myself a little bit closer. So if I'd known that she had no barrels, I would have waited there and just kept pulling, inching closer. I've thought about this so much. I've, I was like, maybe I could have lifted one barrel on top of the other and shoved it closer and tip, topped it, toppled it over. Um, sure. But the thing is, I could have gone into sudden death and waited her out. But I didn't know. And if I had just looked oh. back, it might have been different. <laughs> right. Because, yeah, that's such a good point. You know, when they when they throw the barrels, it still makes that sound, even if it doesn't make it over. So you're, mm-hmm. you get this idea in your head, like, okay, you're keeping track of their score. Right. And the thing is, every time you try to throw a barrel, the action of throwing it gives you momentum the other direction. So if she tried to throw a barrel, that gives me a moment that I can lunge forward and gain mm-hmm. another inch or two. One more foot would have been enough. (laughs) And when you're competing, Jesse, do you get like in the zone? Because I know I saw your parents and you had friends that were in the audience. Can you hear like the crowd around you or do you just kind of tune them out and just get in the zone? I'm very much in my own zone. When I compete on Ninja Warrior, I usually designate one person who is going to give me technical advice so that I can keep an ear out for just that one person. And everything else is kind of noise. And so we place each other very specifically so that like my mom and Maggie are usually like they're there for camera. They, they cheer and they know to cheer for camera while like uh, Brian Crutch, David Campbell and Sean Bryan are like really close to wherever I am. And I'm listening to their voices to be like a little to the right, <laughs> hook your thumbs. <laughs> so so that's the that's another mistake I made is that I didn't make that designation in that situation. And so I did hear the crowd chanting, just get one, which I thought was for me, like, you're losing by so much, just get one so you don't embarrass oh. yourself. When if I know, no, they just meant no one's gotten one. Just, get, just somebody put a barrel. <laughs> and and that's why being there in the arena with you how motivating is that for you have, have you met him before this competition um no I hadn't met him before the competition it was he's he's so nice he's so cool um my favorite was when they first had us meet him to do the promo um he was supposed to read off like introductions for each one of us and they had written out like that Jesse Graff, crazy stunt woman. And he immediately looked at it and goes, can we get a different adjective for her? And I was, <laughs> Wonder so woman, stunt woman. <laughs> we were awesome. like, cause like, it's so important to us as stunt people to be seen as like careful, calculated scientists of our art. Like sure. we're not crazy daredevils. We're not trying to take ridiculous risks and get hurt. We're 
we're responsible for our safety and the actor's safety. And so, you know, as an actor, he knows that. And it meant so much to me that he pointed it out and, and fixed it for me. Um, but he was great. It was, it was so great to get to meet him. Oh, I'm sure. That's so cool to hear. Yeah. I feel like, um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like so many people when, and now nowadays when they hear like stunt woman, they have this idea of like Zoe Bell hanging off the, the, the hood of the car in death proof or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you're exactly right. You know, it takes so much precision and it, and it's so much more than that. Um, and I feel like that, that sort of strategy and that sort of, you know, uh, methodical thinking comes into play in so many of these challenges. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about, about hammer down, you know, and in this week's episode, we saw Exodus, Exodus Rogers come within just like a fingertip. Like he had the chain in his hand mm-hmm. and just barely slipped away. Um, and, and that, you know, on the men's side that it really seemed like such a battle. Whereas Jesse, when you played a hammer down, it seemed like you absolutely destroyed it. it, just (laughs) demolished it. What what do you think it was? Let, let's start with just the first stage of it. Just swinging that hammer. What do you think it was about those, those strokes that really kind of gave you the lead that you got? Um, technique. As soon as I found out what the challenge was going to be, I got on YouTube and looked up everyone who had swung a sledgehammer horizontally from the previous season. I Mm -hmm. studied their techniques. Jackie, who was the runner-up last year, had probably the best technique. She was swinging it like a softball bat. Um, And so using correct momentum and stepping through. So you're swinging through the pole, not hitting it. A lot of people were kind of controlling it versus using their whole bodies. And so um, I went to production and I borrowed an umbrella. I taped two water bottles to it and set up a target with couch cushions in the green room. And I practiced and I filmed myself. So I had about an hour to do all of this. And I practiced lefty and righty. Um, I didn't have a small, I should have put a tape mark, but I, (laughs) I, at that point, I honestly didn't know whether I was gonna be better right-handed or left-hand because my Mm. right shoulder was more injured. So I practiced both. Um, and that was the extent of my horizontal sledgehammer swinging experience. But because I did it obsessively and scientifically, when we got down there, I was able to use much more efficient swings to get through quickly. That's so fascinating to, to hear <laughs> that you like had set up this, like just getting an umbrella and watermelon. That's so, <laughs> that's so funny to hear. Uh, yeah. And then, and then, of course, you know, climbing up that pole, once again, it seemed like it presented absolutely no, no challenges. What, what was that like kind of making that, making your way up towards the chain? Well, I, I knew climbing that pole was going to be super easy for me. That's, that's my comfort zone. It was just a matter of like, can you keep them from getting way ahead of you on the sledgehammer? And so when I was actually in the lead on the sledgehammer, it, it, was I felt pretty safe. Um, everyone said it was faster to get on top of it. So mm-hmm. I went as fast as I could. I dove on top and on my first move, I just kept falling around and was underneath <laughs> and just scrambled up anyway. And um, and that felt just as good underneath. So <laughs> <laughs> whatever works to get you to the top and pull the ring. Yes. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it seems like, I don't know, I felt like, I cannot remember if, if uh, Hammerdown was around in the first season, but it seems like when we first started seeing it, 
everyone was climbing on top. And now it seems like so many people are, are going the opposite and, and going from the bottom. Um, and, and like I said, you know, on the men's side, that was just a war. Like we just kept seeing bodies between Exodus and Wayne, just kept slipping off and that's gotta be, yeah. So it was definitely a little bit slippery. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think the guys were using their thighs well enough. You can squeeze your knees together, um, and pointing your toes and hooking your heel around it. Um, and then using your hands to grip the pipe is going to be too slippery. So you want to get your whole arm and forearm around it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think those are probably technical things that you learn and become instinctive and that I didn't have to think about because I do so much climbing stuff that maybe they had to sort of troubleshoot through as they were on the set. Right, definitely. Um, now, another thing that, that they had mentioned during Hammerdown is that, uh, were you using an ambidextrous approach to the, to the hammer swings? <laughs> yeah, it was the wrong call. Um, <laughs> my, I'm a righty, so I instinctively went right-handed first and uh-huh. got through both of the first two poles pretty quickly and then remembered that I had practiced both sides and that my left side is stronger. So I started swinging left-handed and I think I missed. And at that point should have been like, oh, you're definitely a righty. Go back to right-handed. Um, right. But I tried a few more times that way and, and I got it eventually. I forget if I switched back, but I, I wouldn't, I didn't do it just to showboat. I honestly thought it might be a better technique. I was just wrong. Right. <laughs> Um, now we had talked a little bit about, you know, the, obviously the momentum of the crowd and, and you kind of like honing in on people's voices, but I wanted to also explore a little bit about, you know, it seems like acoustically it, it's so different from Ninja Warrior, you know, Ninja Warrior, you're on these outdoor courses. And so it's, you know, the noise obviously goes up with this. Was it, was it difficult kind of getting used to, um, doing this like inside an enclosed arena? No, I actually competed indoors on Ninja Warrior last year. Oh, okay. Um, I was in the first region that that ever competed inside. We were in the Tacoma Dome. Okay. Um, and it was great. I think it's it brings you a little closer to the crowd. Um, but again, I'm kind of in my own zone anyway. It was just me and those pegs. <laughs> <laughs> Hammer and peg. Right, exactly. Uh, now, Jesse, when you went to the resistance competition, do you feel if it wasn't you versus Kelly and it was you versus Lindsay, do you feel that it would have turned out a little bit differently? Um, I think it might have. I, I think um, I'm maybe a little closer in size to Lindsay. And I know she's more of a climber, so we might have more similar strengths. There might not have been as big of a difference in leg strength. Um, I'm not sure. but. Yeah, I think any any little tip of the scale in my favor might have made the difference and I might have been able to get that barrel out. But well, and, what, and was the, know. Yeah. what was the hardest thing about watching the episodes back that you saw that was the hardest thing for you? Um, I th- It was probably just the fact that in the first episode I was in, they they didn't include me finishing. And so a lot of people watched it and they're like, so I think there was one person who commented and was like, she's mentally weak. She gave up. And I was like, no, oh, no. <laughs> just did it. it's just edited out. <laughs> you can see my key is turned. But um, 
they were so nice. The producers, um, they're looking for like the old footage and they're going to let me post the video of my, oh, my battle with the boulder so that I can show like, cause I think that's so important, especially for kids to see like the, the concept of never giving up, even though it feels impossible, finding right. a different way and keeping, keeping at it. Right. Well, and, and that's one of the things that I've, that I've noticed is that it's, it's gotta be bittersweet. You know, we, um, we saw, uh, Wayne Skivington going in with an injured ankle in, into Mount Olympus against Noah Palisha in, in the Western finals. And it's, you know, when your opponent has already finished and then they start cheering you on, like, it's, it's good that there's that sportman, sportsmanship and that kind of camaraderie. That's also gotta be like just twisting the knife a little bit yeah yeah it's hard to I don't know if there's a right thing to do there like (laughs) the right thing is still to cheer the other person on for sure right but it is a little bit like (sighs) no you know what because I was in that position I was definitely like I lost by a lot and the fact that Kelly was there cheering me on I I I took it positively I appreciated it because I think she and I are friends now, actually. We've trained together since then. Oh, cool. I'm helping her with agility. She's helping me with my lifting. Um, and to me, it was always me against the course. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wanted to go faster than her, and I failed. But but it was just like, my my rivalry on that course is still with the boulder. I want to rematch with that <laughs> thing so badly. But so I mean, to do better. if they give you an opportunity to come back, I'm guessing you will, right? I totally would. Yeah. I mean, but if I wanted to do well, I have so much work to do. Like it, it seriously takes years of strength training to get as strong as these men and women have gotten. Mm. And I, I do believe that you can dramatically change your body within a year. Um, I mean more so in five years, but, um, and it is something that would be totally different for me and it would take a long time, but if that were something that I wanted to dedicate myself to, I think it's important for people to know that you can make that change. And that would be a cool thing to share. Cause I, there was another meme that was like, I think it was something about me being on Titan games and it was like Aladdin themed going a whole new body type needed for this composition. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, yeah, kind of, but but that's not something right. that's set in stone. Like my body is naturally suited towards more body weight related activities, but that doesn't mean that I can't get way stronger at lifting. And it's not something that I'm as passionate about. So it's not something I've trained as hard, but it would be cool to get to show that kind of transformation and how much, how much you can change. Well, it's interesting that you said that because I know you said that people just assume because you're a stunt woman and you were on American Ninja Warrior that you would dominate this course. And I think a lot of people thought that about the other Titans as well that came in, like Joe Thomas and Victor Cruz, because Victor mm-hmm. Cruz had won a Super Bowl. A lot of people were sharing on social media that they thought that they were going to kill it. And we saw mm-hmm. Victor Cruz not move forward for the Western region. So mm-hmm. I think you still did an absolutely phenomenal job. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, the, the reigning Titans coming in, we are, yes, professional athletes, but we are specialists in very specific things. Um, so it's not necessarily suited towards Titan games, but I thought it was great that they brought us in as a reference point because each one of us does something specific where you can say that is a professional athlete. We've seen them, them do something and it gives us a reference point to be like, oh, wow, this is our, you know, everyday everyday person who has like a normal job 
and see how they stack up in a physical competition against someone who you already know is a high level athlete. So I think that seeing them against us really helped to highlight how amazing they are um, and <laughs> gave us a new experience to challenge ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's it's like you said, you know, it takes years to build the kind of strength that that you need for something like this. I mean, you look at Margot Alvarez, who, in addition to um, to her, you know, to her her uh, winery, is also working out two to three hours a day, five days a week. Um, you know, these are well, in in a lot of ways everyday people, but in a lot of ways completely superhuman athletes. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe a large percentage of the contestants are actually world ranked CrossFitters. So wow, they, they're kind of professional athletes as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're also, you know, like my job is stunts and Ninja warrior, not, I mean, sort of, um, and like they're pro football players. Like these people are able to hold normal person jobs also and still do these things. So it, it kind of makes it more accessible to people who have everyday jobs to be like, oh, wow, no, I can do amazing things too. Like I'm not a professional football player, but I can do my day job and go to the gym and become an amazing athlete. And we saw for the, right, the West definitely. Region Championships, it was um, Margot uh, yeah. and, go ahead. Margot and Kelly, right? Well, for, for the Western region, the actual championship, it was Margot for the girls. And then for the guys, it was Noah. Are we going to see no, you, yeah. and the other comp the, uh, you and the other competitors, are we going to see you more in the show, not actually competing, but maybe being in the audience for the finals? No, I actually didn't get to watch anything that I wasn't in. Um, okay. Yeah, they kept us, we didn't get to see anything. <laughs> But will, will you be back later in the season when they're actually like all the regions are competing against each other? They, okay, no. They didn't back. no, they sent me home. <laughs> so it'll be a surprise to me too. I actually don't know who wins. Oh, there, okay. there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, these, these were two absolutely incredible episodes. Um, I mean, like I said, seeing Noah go four and O on Mount Olympus, seeing, seeing Margo be completely undefeated. Uh, is is just incredible but uh but jesse i wanted to ask so what is what's next for you after uh now that this is all put to bed um trying to do a little bit more acting coming up with some fun um pitches for possibly a tv show um i'm trying to pitch one where my mom and i would do like fit family makeovers where we would like go go to spend some time with a family that is having trouble building healthy habits. And we would, I would teach the kids and my mom would teach the parents um, ways to incorporate fun exercise into your daily lives and how to eat healthy um, and teach them and have them transition their lives in a fun way. Um, and then of course, Ninja Warrior is shooting in like a week. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm in like my last week of training, kind of tapering off, hoping I've gained enough strength back because it has been after Titan Games, I did go back and get the rest of those stem cell injections. Mm. So I went back to square one, lost all of my strength, and have been rebuilding it for the past four months. Oh my god! So it's been a been a roller coaster of of strength and atrophy. So <laughs> hopefully, I'll be strong enough. 
Well, I think the Fit Family TV show, if you can make that happen, that would be amazing because on your Instagram, you have shown pictures and videos of how you've helped your mom get full ups. You incorporate like your pig in there and him doing exercises and stuff like that. So I think that would be such a great TV show to watch. Yes. All right. Let's make it happen. (laughs) And then you can come back on After Buzz TV and we can talk about the new show. Right, exactly. Has it has it been difficult uh, keeping up with training and stuff like that with with kind of the lockdown and everything going on? No, I was very lucky that I got my injections done literally the day before the lockdown, and so I was actually going to have to take those two months off from work anyway. And so it's not like I I would have liked to see my physical therapist more often. Mm-hmm. but I was able to get my exercises and do them at home and rebuild slowly. And I have, I have a lot of good strength training stuff in my living room. So rebuilding, um, it, it was, it was the perfect time for me for all of that to happen. And now that some of the rules are lifting, it's nice to be able to get out and do like bigger workouts outside. And I'm still not really going back into the, the gyms with lots of people yet. I'm trying to play it safer, um, mm. keep distance. But, um, but yeah, it's in a way it's nice to have the time off to really be able to focus on training and stabilization and rehabbing. Um, but I'm excited to get back out there soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we can't wait to see, uh, what's next. Uh, where can our uh, audience find you on, on social media? Um, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's Jesse Graff power. So it's spelled J E S S I E G R A F F. P-W-R. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Jesse, thank you so, so much for joining us. This was an absolute blast uh, talking about this with you. Yay. Well, thank you for having me. Have a great day. Definitely. (laughs) You as well. Uh, Alyssa, thank you so, so much for, for, for being the amazing co-host that you always are uh, over the, over the course of the, the season. Uh, Of course, where can, where can people find you? Make it follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Alyssa underscore Costa. Absolutely. And guys, as always, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Ty Matthews PMA. We'll be right back here, same time, same channel, same day next week, talking about episode seven of season two of the Titan Games. But until then, peace. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.